This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. Hey everybody, hope you're well. Welcome back to the Bet Rivers Betting Weekly EPL podcast with me, your host, Harry Simeu, and of course, the two main men. We've got an extra round of Premier League action coming up in midweek, which means another dose of these two fine gentlemen. Let's start off by saying hello to the main man, Mr. Nigel Seeley. How are you? I'm good, Harry. I'm good. I have mixed fortunes at the weekend, a uh, bit up and down. I think we're three units now behind on the season in the Premier League. Uh, which, given the start we had, is is not is a bad is a is not a bad recovery. I think we were a little bit unlucky at the weekend. I know Jack's match yesterday with the Tottenham game should have been over two and a half goals. Harry came missed the penalty. I think you know, and the chances there was there should have cashed. I felt Newcastle should have definitely beaten Wolves. You know that that was another one. But uh, yeah, was a bit unlucky really yesterday. But we've had a couple of good runs, and uh, I think it was a, more or less a level week, maybe slightly behind. But uh, I think this midweek looks quite tricky actually. I think this is a, a, a tricky card. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I love the Premier League. Actually, it's a busy house sport. Obviously, we've got the start of the US Open tennis, which is massive for me as well. And, uh, and the Premier League midweek cards is a big midweek, a big week of sport in action. Jack, your thoughts on the weekend, mate? Welcome back to the show as well. well yeah, echoes that really, to be fair. Um, a good weekend, but could have been better. Uh, obviously, Harry Kane missing his first penalty in 22 was a little bit, a little bit of a kick in the uh, you know where but um yeah generally speaking again another another exciting weekend of, of, of action so plenty to get a team stuck into and then um great to be able to go again so soon after and uh, it's time to uh, yeah go and uh, get some more winners on the page indeed slowly but surely we're crawling uh, crawling it back and we're nearly uh, there so hopefully this uh, midweek we'll see us uh, get back on top. Let's kick off with you, Nigel, uh, for the first bet of this uh, card. Crystal Palace take on Brentford. And I know you've got an opinion on this one. So uh, let us have it. Yeah, London Derby. I'm going to go with Crystal Palace at plus 107. Um, I, anyone who's sort of been following these podcasts and anyone who's been sort of following the stuff that I do knows I've got a quite strong opinion on Palace to do rather well this season. And I've got a rather negative towards Brentford. So it's no surprise that I'm going for Crystal Palace here at plus money. Um, the thing I, I liked about Crystal Palace last season was that they were very, very good at home. They only lost four games, which was as similar as Arsenal and similar to, to Tottenham. And two of those four games were against uh, Liverpool. Uh, and I think the other one, one of them was Chelsea. Um, but one thing I was impressed with, Matt, teams in or around them in that mid-table section, they beat. Um, and I feel they, they, they were they'll beat Brentford. I mean, their last home game was a 3-1 win against Aston Villa, where they were absolutely dominant, which we tipped up here on the on the show. Um, there, there is a slight worry that the, the disappointment of the second half against Manchester City may affect them. They were 2-0 up at half-time at the Etihad. 
cruising through, you know, not cruising, but, you know, looking as though they're going to win three points for a very heavy minus money to win the match. And then they lost four goals. But they lost four goals against the, the, the probably one of the best players, three, three of them, to one of the best players I think is going to ever grace the Premier League in, in Haaland. I think he's going to stand as a legend in the Premier League. And um, I think Vieira will tell them, you know, what you did in the first half was fantastic and don't worry about it. You've conceded four goals against the best team in world football currently. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be slightly concerned about, but I think it's a quick turnaround. And the thing that I think you've got to be encouraged about if you're a Crystal Palace fan is the amount of goals they're scoring at the moment. I mean, they've scored at least two goals in the last three games, creating lots of chances. Sahar scoring goals, Eze's creativity, and then getting goals from all across the pitch as well, which is good, which is really, really good for a team in that mid-table section. So I wouldn't be too worried about the way they lost four goals. If they lost four goals to get at two nil at home to say Bournemouth, or they lost, uh, or they they were playing, uh, you know, uh, an Aston Villa and they were two nil up away and lost four. That, that's a different kind of thing to turn over so quickly. But against Man City, with the form that Haaland was in, I, I feel that Vieira will be saying to him, "This don't worry about it." You know, that was what, this team can score four goals. So I quite like that. Uh, Brentford for me, I know that. They were brilliant against Manchester United, but were they brilliant or were Man United absolutely dreadful? I think it was a little bit of both. I think Brentford's tactics were spot on, but Manchester United just weren't at the races. So um, I would take that with a pinch of salt. The other thing about Brentford is that they've come from behind and come from positions where they should have lost games to get points. Now, whether that's a good good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But um, they were 2-0 down against Leicester. it looked like Leicester were going to cruise on the first day of the season and they scored in the 86th minute to get a 2-2 equaliser. And they were 1-0 down against Everton at the weekend and scored in the 84th minute. Now, you can look at that in two ways, that the team keeps grinding and they grind out results. Or you can look at it and think they're quite lucky. Um, so, their stats are good. If you look at the, if you like their metrics and you like the XGs and all this kind of stuff, Brentford are a side that um, should probably be performing a little bit better when they are. But I, I, I feel that um, Crystal Palace here with a massive home support behind them and, and under the lights at Sowers Park get the job done against Brentford. And I think plus 107 is a nice price. It is indeed. And it's also worth noting as well that Crystal Palace game against Manchester City, they were really hard done by. They should have had a third goal mm-hmm. at 2-0 up that was ruled out incorrectly, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, I think Patrick Vieira can certainly use the positives from that to kind of G side up again. Uh, the other positive to that as well is is they did it without Zaha, which yeah. obviously is mm. that talisman. He's been the one scoring the goals, and they were still a big threat without him. And I must admit, when he was ruled out, obviously we we had uh, Palace on the plus handicap at the weekend. And when Zaha was ruled out, you think, how's that going to go? It's going to be sort of a negative, but absolutely not. They 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 did really well without him. So that's going to give him a shot in the arm as well, that they're not reliant on, on, on him to get positive results or performances, certainly. So, um, yeah, and, and again, great home support. So good good, uh, good place to be. That's it, up the Eagles. Um, let's come to you, Jack, for the next one. Uh, and I believe you've got a pick from the game between Leeds and Everton. Yeah, talking a good support and, and a, a place to play your football. And road, absolute white hot atmosphere. Um, I, I like what Jesse Marsh is doing there. Uh, uh, you know, obviously taking on from Bielsa was a massive task, and I think most of the eyebrows are raised. I think about him coming in and what he was going to do. But I think he's done well. He's he's kind of embraced what Bielsa built there. That passion, that intensity, the press, the getting the crowd on side. He's on obviously on the sideline sidelines fist pumping and going a bit crazy so he's he's, in, he's in, embraced that and and probably enhanced that as well 
but I think it's put just a little element of control on it. So it's been done in a, in a slightly more organised, um, say, restrained manner and sort of not constant. So I think that's that's producing good results. And obviously, we've got them at home here against Everton. Um, we're taking leads on plus um, to win, plus 114 the odds, So which I think was a, a nice price to go odds against here. Um, the last home game, obviously, they absolutely battered Chelsea, which was a was a real eye catching result. Um, I think they, they went and smothered Chelsea, and and effectively made Chelsea lose the plot. Obviously, Kabali was was sent off because um, he just couldn't handle it, and some of the players that um, that Leeds brought in have, have really caught the eye. Aronson, in particular, kind of fitting in that Leeds mould. Um, Pressing high intensity, he's obviously got that passion as well, and the Leeds fans love that. So um, Rodrigo as well stepped up. I think he's been helped by Rafinha going. He's kind of now stepped into the limelight a little bit. Four goals this season so far, firing in shots left, right, and centre. So they've been missing that kind of focal point last season with Bamford being out, and he stepped up with goals. But also, only Mitrovic has had more attempts at goal than him so far this season. So um, good stuff there. At the back end, um, yeah, Lorente's got the most interceptions in the league, so they've got decent processes in, in the back end as well. So um, I think Marsh was fair at the weekend, saying that Brighton were the better side. He didn't make no bones about it, said that they need to be on it to be able to get results at this level. Um, and if they slightly slip away from that, they're going to get beat, which is what happened, obviously, at the weekend. But it was marginal, 1-0. They still had chances, but, you know, there's no, no real shame there. And I say the home form... With with um, that the crowd behind them is the main thing that I'm going for here. Um, two wins from two so far this season, so an impressive start. And obviously against this Everton side that we've talked about in the past, are woeful away. They picked up that point. We, you know, we then talked about it, and Nigel then talked about it as far as last um, weekend's concerned at Brentford. Um, but they allowed Brentford more shots than Brentford have had in their entire time in the Premier League this season and last. So. Brentford hit the bar three times. Uh, Pickford made a couple of saves. Um, the, Brent, uh, the Everton goal was one on the break. Cody long ball through for, for Anthony Gordon to score. Will there be more interest in Gordon over the next 24 hours? Uh, will he still be there? All those questions are going to be answered, of course. But um, I still don't buy into Everton at all under Lampard. It's certainly not when they're away from home. And I think with how Leeds play, then... I can't see Everton living with them. Um, pressing in the final third from Leeds, I think it's going to lead some errors at the, the back line. Everton are missing players at the back. Um, another injury, Holgate got injured at the weekend. Whether he'll be available or not, we'll wait and see. But they're losing players in that area. Um, and uh, Thomas Frank said that Brentford would have, should have won that game 99 times out of 100. So I'll take that on board and say that with Leeds being better, I feel, um, at home and looking strong this season. I'm going to take them on that, say, plus odds, plus 114 for a straight-up win. Brilliant. Um, Nigel, let's come back to you, mate. Um, the next bet that you've put down doesn't surprise me in the slightest. It involves Bournemouth and Wolves. Uh, tell the listeners what you've gone for. I'm sure they can guess. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, it was something that we did a lot last season, didn't we? We bet Wolves to be drawing at half-time. We also bet them to be drawing nil-nil at half-time, which was a very profitable play. Uh, last season in the Premier League, Wolves drew 21 games at halftime out of their 38. Uh, already this season in four matches this season, they've drawn three of the four. Uh, if you look at their record at halftime, they conceded fewer goals. The only teams that conceded fewer goals at halftime than were Chelsea, Manchester City and Liverpool last season. So 
they were they were they were very tight. They're very boring. It took a, they, they sat back and defended, and then they sort of played, opened up a little bit in the second half. That was the tactics they do. Um, Bournemouth, what we've seen in these three last three matches is that they're going to. We, we've said it from all along, but they really are going to struggle in the Premier League this season. Not only are they defensively frail, but as an attacking option, they opt absolutely offer nothing, nothing at all from an attacking point of view. Uh, they've conceded sixteen goals in three matches. I know, admittedly, it's against like one of the three of the biggest teams in the Premier League in Manchester City, uh, Liverpool, and Arsenal. But um, that is a cause of concern. The only trouble is, I don't think Wolves will, will come out with with the ex, you know, with with great gusto to come and throw them down. The high tempo, I don't think that happens from Wolves games. Wolves sit back, they play it, they play very defensive-minded, and then the second half, they, they seem to change their tactics a little bit here. So this here, and the other thing, I think, and it's something that happens a lot, in, and I've said it before in American sports, and I used it with the uh, the Man United-Liverpool game, when a team gets battered in the NFL, if a team loses 54-0 or, or 60-0, they work all week on the defence, and they never, it's very rare that they, they get they cover the, the other team covers the spread. You always want to be with the team that uh, has been beaten heavily because they work from that, that from that perspective. So when you've conceded 16 goals in your last three Premier League games, Scott Parker and his team at Bournemouth will be working very, very hard to, to try to rectify some of their problems in defensive areas. So I think they'll be a lot tighter. And they're offering it against the Wolves side that I still aren't convinced to buy at all. I know they, they got a draw against Newcastle, but how that, that game should never have been a draw. Newcastle should have won that game very easily. But um, I think that the one thing you can say about Wolves is they're very good defensively as well. So I feel here that this one is going to be very, very boring in the first 45 minutes. I mean, uh, luckily I'm going to be on a plane rather than <laughs> watching it. So I, I, won't be, I won't be going through this match. But I think that uh, nil-nil at halftime is, is a big, big runner here. It happens in so many games. But uh, I feel that the best bet here for me would be the draw at half time, which is plus money. It's plus 110. I went through the last three seasons, including this season in, in Wolves games. 42 games have ended in a draw in uh, 80 matches at the, in the first half, which equates to minus 110. So if you just sort of took away the Wolves games when they're away at Man City, took away the Wolves games when they're away at Liverpool, took away you know the big games and played the ones against a smaller opposition, you would you would get more of a return for your money. So the true odds should probably really be around about minus 125 here for, for a draw at halftime. Um, I don't expect much. I, I do expect a much better defensive display from Bournemouth. But I feel on the stats and on the evidence of what we've seen from both attack, these two sides of attacking nature, I feel this will be a cagey 45 minutes. And we may see uh, a couple of things happen in the second half. But Bournemouth needs to stop the rot. They'd be delighted with a draw here. They'd be absolutely delighted to take a point and just stop the rot. Wolves have got problems. I think they've got big problems this season as well. So two poor sides, two very poor attacks. Um, and I think it's going to be a draw at halftime, plus 110. Good stuff. Uh, let's come back to you, Jack, uh, for the next game. It involves the mighty Arsenal, <laughs> who uh, have been criticised in the last 24 hours for over-celebrating, apparently, a win against Fulham. Odd, in my mm. opinion, but... Anyway, um, Arsenal take on Villa at home at Emirates Stadium on Wednesday night. Let's have your take on this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm still going to keep riding the, the Arsenal train, Harry. Um, I've seen no reason why not to, for two reasons. Um, one, Arsenal. The other being Villa, who they're playing. So, um, yeah, I'm taking the minus handicap. Arsenal minus one. Uh, odds of minus one, four, one. Um, Keep, if I keep supporting Arsenal at this rate, I'll be getting the same wallpaper you've got, to be honest with you. But um, it's uh, kind of getting quite a regular theme. But 
I was, um, you know, I was impressed with Arsenal at the weekend and probably not in the way that you're normally impressed with Arsenal. They're, they're, they're obviously playing against Fulham, newly promoted side, and they they got the job done and it weren't overly pretty. And I think, in a way, I was, as a better, I was more impressed to see Arsenal get that result in a little bit of a scruffy manner rather than turn up, roll up Fulham over 4-0, playing beautiful football, because we know they can do that. Um, but they rolled their sleeves up. They suffered a setback. We'd mentioned at the weekend um, that they uh, have an error at the back in them. And that's obviously where the goal come from Mitrovic. Backs against the wall. And um, I say Odegaard, uh, again, I thought was exceptional. His, his passing, his movement, his leadership really led from the front. Obviously got the goal uh, to get them back into it. And um, as I said, they, they kept pressing. And and what a, a, pretty much an un-Arsenal goal you could you could get to get the winner. So um, scruffy corner. The corners that had been going in were a little bit infuriating. They'd been pretty poor throughout, and then um, they nailed it with about five minutes to go. And um, yeah, so a, a scruffy goal there. So I think you know to see Arsenal tough it out and get a win was uh, was was good for me. Nice to see, um, and and what it meant. You know the team were right up for it. They were obviously celebrated the goal. Uh, extensively, but that's good to see from your side that they know that was a big win because they weren't at their best. And yeah, I think they probably you know they deserved the win, but it's, it was it was wasn't a foregone conclusion. What did you think about it? You were obviously there. How did you see the win? Yeah, yeah, totally agree with you. I actually think Arsenal played a lot better than people give them credit for in the sense of they dominated the game completely, had all the chances. Fulham didn't really do anything apart from the goal that they scored, which is gifted to them. They had a couple of chances at the end when the game was stretched. and But I thought Arsenal deserved the win. But you're right. It's about getting over the line, isn't it? And I think mm. the, the yeah. reason for the celebrations was that people recognised that, you know, it's a, it's a three points when maybe in previous years, Arsenal wouldn't have taken all three. Yeah, oh, no, bit of relief. He's, he's, he's waiting. Go on. <laughs> I, disagree, I disagree on this bit as well. I actually disagree. And I, I, it's going back to like the Man United and Liverpool bet. It's funny. I agree with 95% of the stuff that Jack says, but on this game, I, I couldn't bet Arsenal minus one goal. Aston Villa are a side that have always given Arsenal problems at the Emirates. I know they've had some big wins recently, but I remember some games back in the day. And I just feel that Aston Villa are a side that aren't performing to the to their potential at the moment. And I think Arsenal are overperforming slightly, and I and I've just purely from a from an odds perspective. I mean, you guys, you you, you watch. You, I pro, this will guarantee you two will watch a lot more football than I do. You will you will look at the stats a lot more for football, but you won't know the odds better than me. I'm hundred percent right in my opinion. I, that is my that is my that's my area of expertise, and I feel here that minus one at minus money is too short. I wouldn't bet Arsenal at minus one money. I, 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 I personally wouldn't. I would be, I would be looking to to take them on because I just feel that Arsenal, at the moment, everyone's going mad, everyone's going crazy, everyone's going so superb, and they're, they're doing brilliant and all that. If they if they lose two matches, the, 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 the atmosphere at the club will change completely. And Aston Villa aren't as bad as what we're seeing at the moment. And I think sometimes in football, it's good to catch the team that are going to go on the upward trend rather than the downward trend. And uh, I just feel that we're taking too much on Arsenal on the evidence of what we see. I'm not saying they're doing anything bad. I'm not saying they're not, not great. But I would not bet Arsenal at minus one, at minus so, money. That'd be my opinion. What odds would you need? Or what, what odds oh, would you need goals. that bet? You've got to win by two goals. You didn't beat Fulham by two goals. You would have got your money back. So I, don't, I mean, I, I would probably bet them at plus 110, something like that. I just, I just feel that we, I think, I think you know, Arsenal. What they to win the match? F- minus three dollars, minus three fifty, something like that. Around about that. That's, yeah. 
That's a very, very low price. I know, um, I know they're doing right. It's Arsenal minus three fifty to win at home against Aston Villa. Would you risk three hundred and fifty quid of your money, Harry, to win hundred quid and Arsenal to win this game? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because... You, can, you can, you can, we can do business after the, after the match <laughs> if you want. If you want to do, but I'm, mean, I'm just, I'm just only saying. From what would you be? I mean, that that is a huge on the opening day of the season. If Arsenal played this game on the opening day of the season. Arsenal would probably be about four to seven to win the match. It'd be about minus one seventy-five. Four games in, they're minus three fifty. That's all I'm saying. It's just a huge. If we can go back and look at the times where the Villa, Villa have played Arsenal over the years, minus three fifties would never be, never be that kind of price. I know Villa haven't performed well, but we've got a very small database. We've got a very small data. I mean, I, I want I want Arsenal to win three or four nil because my son will be happy to get out of bed, do some work. You'll be happy, and we'll get some points on the on the board for the for the Premier League. But I just think purely from a, from a what we've seen, I don't think there's a Arsenal playing well. But I, I think we're getting a little bit carried away with their odds. That's all I, I'm saying. I think that I'd probably if it were me and and you two are the betting experts. By all means, I'm not. But if it were me, I'd wait until closer to the game because I think the team news is going to be key here because I think one of the reasons people say Arsenal weren't at their best at the weekend was because Thomas Partey and Alexander Zinchenko were both out of the side with injuries. It was said that they were left out as a precaution, but I don't know how much of that is Arsenal kind of just playing the PR game a little bit. If those two are in the side, I'd feel a lot more confident that Arsenal win it. But without those two, it's a very different Arsenal side in the build-up. And so I would probably hold on until... Mikel Arteta's press conference maybe um, the day before. When You've we also got to remember as well that I want Aston Villa to win because I've backed them to finish in the top. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm losing lots of money, so I'm angry. So it's not. It's not. There's a, there's a, there's a certain element of that in it. But but I just I this is this is about opinions. This is what this all this all betting is all about. But I I wouldn't bet Arsenal minus one to win by two clear goals at minus money against Aston Villa. In my opinion, though, the clincher for me was I did watch the Villa game yesterday, and they were woeful. And I looked at it and I saw the Arsenal game at the weekend and I thought they did well, played well, not at the best, toughed it out, which was a positive for me that they got the job done. The Villa yesterday were, were woeful, terrible. They couldn't get the ball into Ings or um, Watkins. Ings was coming to the halfway line to try and get it. They had like 20 touches each. Coutinho was anonymous. They couldn't get him in the game whatsoever. Buendia came on for him and offered little bits and pieces. But the midfield was 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 poor. And defensively, I just think Arsenal will pull them all over the place. We will find out what happens. Yeah. But that's that was my take on it. That was the, the, the thing for me. I just think that Villa is struggling. Gerrard's obviously come out saying it's his responsibility. He's got to take accountability. But the players now need to step up and, and say that. But he said that kind of last season as well. The the run is 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 poor. They've won three of their last fifteen, including last season as well. Um, they've lost nine of those fifteen. They've lost um, five of the last seven away from home, and the only win of that came uh, against Burnley, who ended up getting relegated. So, I just think they're on the downward. Arsenal at this moment are on the up, and you did mention about Arsenal having these games that they've got to win because there are bigger games coming up on the horizon, and I think this will be another one. I think they'll win prepared to take the minus one as, as, as the fact that if they do win by one, we get our money back. But um, I, I can see a two or three goal win here. We'll find well, out. According to the Bet Rivers like, website I, I, as well. I, I, I want them to win. So don't get, I want them to win. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't bet them. But I want them to win. 
No. Steven Gerrard is the second favourite manager on the Bet Rivers website to to be the first, uh, the next to leave, plus two fifty. If he loses again, it could be it could be something to consider, couldn't it? Um, Brendan Rodgers' favourite, I think, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Brendan Rodgers' favourite, yeah. absolutely. Uh, let's come back to Nigel then for the next bet: Manchester United versus Leicester City. Well, I mean, I'm struggling really to find the three to find three picks in this card, and I, and this was the probably the one I didn't have the most confidence in. To be fair, I actually was, and I'm not joking. I promise you, on on my 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 life, I'm telling the truth. I I was going to bet Aston Villa plus one. That, but I took it out. I was one of, not because of, I saw Jack. I was actually doing that before, but I thought about it. I thought, well, you know what? I actually was because I thought the odds were too big. But anyway, um, I'm going to go with Man United, obviously. And it just shows you how quickly football changes going back to Arsenal. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, we're sitting there 4-0 down. 4-0 uh, against Bournemouth. Uh, uh, Brentford, worst performance ever. Team could be relegated. <laughs> Two new signings coming. They're going to be in the top six. Manager's a genius. Changed it around. And um, two wins on the trot and to everyone's talking about making Champions League. Just shows you how quickly things change in football. Very, very quickly indeed. Um, especially this time of the season. The thing is with Man United, the one that... The, the, the reason why I actually have got a little bit of respect for um, Ten Hag is the way he's been ruthless with Ronaldo and, and, changed, and Maguire and changed that team around and given everyone a, a chance. And he's sort of stamping his authority on the team straight away, which is a very, very brave decision to do straight away, a manager at Manchester United. I suppose he thought to himself, he can't get any worse than what it's got. So I've got, I've got no, I've got, it's an absolutely no brainer for me. Uh, Casemiro's come in, obviously Anthony's going to come in as well. It looks like they're great signing. So that would be a big boost around the place. And Man United come in, in good mood. I mean, I thought they were really good against Southampton, and not because they had a. It was a poor game to watch, terrible game to watch. But they was they looked really good defensively and strong, and, and, and that was and De Gea a decent enough game, which is very much unlike Manchester United sides in in the last few years. So, I thought I feel that here this is an absolute perfect time to play Leicester. Obviously, just mentioned there, Brendan Rodgers, uh, favourite to be uh, next manager, be sat. I think plus one twenty five. Um, players are leaving left, right, and centre. Uh, obviously, Fafana's gone to Chelsea, the centre-half. Uh, Madison is talking Madison, not being there. Jamie Vardy looks a shadow of himself. Another terrible bet from me at the start of the season in the top goals. How's he, how's he ever going to catch six goals up on Ireland? I've got no chance. Uh, <laughs> something doesn't look, look right there with him. Maybe he could be coming to the end of his career and and, and the pace and the, the threat he offered isn't there anymore. It ca- happens very quickly. If you look at some... Football players over the years who rely very heavily on pace, they suddenly just goes overnight. And Vardy just doesn't look the same player. The club looks going nowhere. No new faces in the club. You know, everyone wants to leave, but there's no new faces in the club. The manager's going to go. Casper Schmeichel going was the one that really shocked me. I thought, you know, that is an alarming taste that he leaves. So just things aren't right at all at Leicester, you know. And, and we say early part of the season, you could change it around. But when that quality and calibre of player want to leave, and do leave, it's very, very hard to replace them. And, and I just feel that Manchester United um, will win this purely on the match base. They're, they're even money plus uh, plus 100, which is probably about the lows you want to go. I mean, I, I wouldn't bet them at minus money, but at even money, I'd probably have a small interest in them. But um, I feel they'd be too strong for Leicester. And, and I feel that the new sign is coming in. The way that he's made the changes, the way that he's he's, he's given a, a chance to the players that he wants to be in the side, and the new faces coming in uh, make Man United a very different proposition from the Harry Maguire, Ronaldo, uh, that we saw three or four weeks ago. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, totally agree with you as well. I think that 
yeah, plus 100 is about the lowest I would go as well. You wouldn't go minus money. Right? I wouldn't go minus no. money. And you mentioned all those players that could could still leave Leicester City. Yuri Tielemans as well could well yeah. be on his way before the window closes because of his contract situation. And there are a number of clubs, of course, circling around him. Uh, let's come back to Jack. Um, you've got a bet for us in the London derby, West Ham versus Spurs. Big rivalry, this one. West Ham mm. got their first victory of the season yesterday. So tell us about they it. They did. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned I watched that. Um, and I think both sides, well, it, it should have ended nil-nil, really, to be fair. And both sides have been lucky to get nil. Uh, it was one of those like, war of attrition just to watch it. <laughs> Two struggling sides that, that just didn't put a lot together at all. The winner, obviously, was a was a big deflected like loop from the edge of the box that's, that's gone over. Uh, Martinez and, and and in and it probably needed something like that to, to win it in the end. Uh, a couple of chances you, you saw the confidence was low. Bowen's gone through and he's hesitated, hesitated last season. He'd have probably gone through and and, and finished off. But at the moment they just seem to be struggling. Uh, say similar to Villa. Obviously they they, they they picked up the win, so fair enough. But Skamaka up front was feeding off scraps. He managed a shot just before we got taken off, but worked hard but was was back to goal most of the time didn't have anything to feed off at all so whether they'll keep with him or bring Antonio back what they'll do there I'm not quite sure but um yeah it, they were just generally poor all over and I think they're quite lucky that they were against the Villa side that were were worse um and and so they did yeah they got the win um much needed obviously their first league goal of the season uh their first points of the season as well uh as far as Spurs are concerned, again, they got the job done. And I think it'll depend on how you look at that game. Uh, okay, look, this is a tough bet. I am taking Spurs to win at minus 105. Um, it, is a, it is a tough round of fixtures this weekend. So it's, it's one of them where you're treading mm. carefully. But uh, I've gone with Spurs. Purely they're sort of riding that sort of crest of the wave at the moment. They're getting the job done. Conte's come out and said they're not playing particularly well. I think Kane's come out and said much the same thing. Although they're not ripping sides up. Son struggling for a little bit of form. So potentially we might see Richarlison get his uh, um, full start, first start for the club so he can do some keepy uppies from the from the beginning. But um, yeah, I think, you know, if, what, which way do you look at it? Forrest did well, but they did well in between the two boxes and, and didn't create an awful lot in the final third. Um, and, and potentially, you know, the missed penalty as well could have ended up losing heavily than they did. Um did Spurs do a bit of a rope-a-dope? They obviously got the early goal. We'd mentioned how they'd, they'd set up if they got a, got their noses in front early on against Forrest, and, and they did. They they got back in shape. And then they had so many chances going forward, though, on the counter-attack. So you can see a similar setup here against West Ham. West Ham, obviously, London derby, as you rightly say, home, home fans pushing them on. And Spurs do look dangerous going forward. It's just that they didn't finish finish the job. They, they did have several chances, and it should really, I think, in 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 retrospect, been a better win than the two 0 as it was. But you know, they'll take that. I felt they were sort of laying traps more than more than more than anything against uh, against Forest. Um, but Kane's up and running. He's scoring goals. Um, Previously, August was a bit of a tricky month for him, but um, he's scoring in most games at the moment. So that's good for them. As I said, Son, not so, but they've got the the strength in depth to rotate players in and out of that side now. And Conti, I think, is the, again, we mentioned him before, is the, is the trump card that is going to be pushing them on. You heard it on, on, on yesterday, constant, 90 minutes. If you watched it on TV, you can just hear his voice constantly, never letting up for the full 90 minutes. 
getting them back in shape, pushing them on, getting them on the counter-attack, throw-ins, anything there, he's there in their ear. They've got no respite. And uh, he set them up well in pre-season and he's got them going at the start of this season. We've mentioned, that, say, that before, the fact that they've gone behind and still managed to either get a win or, or certainly not lose in that big game against Chelsea, the last London derby. I say this West Ham side at the moment, poor. And I think Spurs got enough to beat them, taking them just as a win at minus 105. Anything to add on that one, Nigel? It's going to be a spicy affair, I think, that one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree with Jack completely, but I think this is a real tricky Premier League card. And I think, you know, it's it's hard to, to, to find real high conviction bets on this card. I think it's a yeah. very, very difficult bet. I mean, all the things that we've said here, we, we like and we, fa- we fancy, but I think this... Uh, there's, a, there's been other games in the early parts of the season that I had a much stronger view than the three games I've got an opinion about here. It's a you know West Ham have been terrible, absolutely terrible, and uh, Tottenham have uh, got another gearing. I think I think they've got another yeah. gear to go. I mean, if Song gets going and, and as well, I think it's a frightening prospect they've got there. So um, I like I like what I see at Tottenham as you've, I've said all season. I'm not quite sure. I've seen. I think there's a lot of West Ham players playing around with not much confidence at all. Bowen in particular. I mean, Tuchek is looking mm. awful at the moment. Absolutely awful. So, um, yeah, I would um, I would agree with that. Um, but again, I think if the lines move to sort of and the money comes for for, for Tottenham and they start at minus money, I, I wouldn't touch it minus money because a lot there is there's, there is big movements at the moment to, on these matches. And in a London derby at West Ham, if if they went to minus money, I certainly wouldn't get involved. But at plus, at, so sorry, it's, it's minus money, isn't it? It's minus yeah. one. Up. Sorry, if it, if it went any yeah. further down, sorry, if it went down to yeah. about minus one twenty or something like that, which I I'd probably hit it around evens or that kind of price. But if mm. it went even further down to like minus one twenty, with big moves on it, then I wouldn't I wouldn't touch it myself. Cool, good stuff. Uh, anything from either of you to add before we uh, say our farewells? No, I just think I just think sometimes on these these panels that like when you talk about stuff, football's an opinions. It's all about opinions. So you know, I I, I like it if we had differing opinions on every single game. That's that's the kind of thing I like. I don't want to watch a podcast where everyone agrees and everyone everyone disagrees and everyone. So I like the idea that we disagree sometimes, and I like the idea that we uh, that we can still discuss it. But like uh, I, I also as well, the Premier League this time in my in all these football games at the moment. I mean, just the, we're only four games in. And sometimes we get carried away, you know. We 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 get carried away, and I'm I'm I've seen so many times where we bet teams that are just very 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 short, and things change very very quickly. But uh, looking forward to it, looking forward to it, and looking forward to uh, be back at the weekend where I think there's a even the I've looked at the early bounce. I fancy someone strongly at the weekend. <laughs> We'll uh, we'll wait and find out who your pick is till a little bit later on in the week. Uh, big thank you to everybody for tuning in. Obviously, a big thanks to Jack and, of course, to Nigel. Be sure to subscribe to the Bet Rivers Network. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast if you're listening on the audio platforms. And be sure to follow us at Because We Win. That's the handle looked after by all the brilliant handicappers across the Bet Rivers uh, Betting Weekly team. Uh, so make sure you are following that and you'll get some updates on there as well. We'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, take care of yourselves and keep cashing those tickets. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly English Premier League on the Bet Rivers Network. <laughs>